You are listening to Her Guided Evolution, a weekly podcast created to help Black mothers be consistent with their self-care and take daily action toward well-being. I'm your host, Shanice Jones-Cameron, a mom of three, wife, and PhD student. I created the show to connect you with tools and resources to help you commit to a healthier lifestyle, manage stress, and prioritize your personal growth. Now, let's start the show. Hey, and welcome back to episode 14 of Her Guided Evolution. And for today's show notes, you can go to herguidedevolution.com forward slash episode 14. So on today's episode, I am going to be talking about emotional well-being. And this is the second episode in a series where I'm diving into a certain aspect of well-being and my interpretation of this piece of well-being. So last week I talked about physical well-being and some of what I think are myths that we have kind of been conditioned to think about ourselves and our bodies. And so this week I'm going to be diving into emotional well-being and just trying to revisit emotional well-being in a similar vein to the first episode of this podcast. But I'm also going to be reflecting on how I am rethinking and recommitting to my emotional well-being. So it's not a secret. I have been struggling lately emotionally like a lot of people these days. So a few episodes ago, I was very candid in talking about just how raggedy I felt. (laughs) And I felt weird being that open and telling all of my business. But that episode, um, Caring for Yourself after, After a Tough Emotional Week, is one of my most downloaded episodes right behind my episode, How to Have More Patience with Your Kids. (laughs) So this kind of tells me what I already kind of figured. One, a lot of people are struggling right now. (laughs) And two, our kids are driving all of us crazy at home. And I just want to validate that I am there with you. It's a lot. You know, just hang in there, mama, because I know. Um, And you could probably relate to this, but I'm just feeling really depleted right now. And I haven't exercised in the past week. Like, I mean, no walks, no nothing. I've just kind of been on the little hamster wheel of working and not even really wanting to go outside and work on the porch or anything like that. Usually, like, even when I'm feeling particularly down, I could at least motivate myself to do a few minutes of yoga here, jumping on the exercise bike, going for a nice little brisk walk around the neighborhood. But lately, no, I have just not been into any of that. I haven't been doing my journaling. I have been practicing my deep breathing. I haven't been doing my thought work like I often do. So I've just kind of been in this funk. And I know the other people are probably here too. You might be feeling this way as well. And so I just started thinking like just a couple days ago as I was just kind of in the midst of settling into feeling this depleted and just not in the best place. Once again, even in this funk, as I'm going to call it, a thought crossed my mind as I was going through some files on my iPad. So I do a lot of work on my iPad. My iPad is part of my workflow, do a lot for class. So as I was just kind of browsing through some of my iPad files, I saw my personal growth folders, my digital personal growth folders. So 
I have a folder on my iPad, like dedicated to like personal growth. So this includes like my self-care planner and my well-being plans and like my thought work is in there. So I'll do like my journaling and my exercises to where I'm just kind of trying to work through my anxiety and my emotions and how how I want to plan my healthy behaviors and things that I want to stick to. So I just thought it was very interesting that as I was looking for a file that was work related, I ended up seeing my personal growth folder in the midst of this very in the midst of this low point, not my lowest point. Like I'm not feeling as bad as I was when I recorded the caring for yourself after a tough emotional week episode. Like, ooh, no, I don't, I don't feel that bad. Okay. So there are levels and thankfully I don't feel that bad, but I'm not in a great place either right now. But I just thought it was interesting that I run across that folder while I was looking for something else that was work related and looking at that personal growth folder, I realized a tiny part of myself, even in the midst of not feeling great, is still holding on to this vision of how I want to live and how I want to exist, even as my motivation for realizing this way that I want to exist in the world and care for my body and enriching these spiritual connections, even as my motivation for those things is at pretty much a really low point. I still have that little tiny piece of me that saw that personal growth folder. And I was like, you know what? I can, I can do a reset. I can let this small part of me, like guide me back toward the aspect of myself that wants to feel at peace and wants to feel whole and wants to feel supported. And that's why I'm very much an advocate for like journaling and working through your emotions, because I was able to catch a glimpse of how I wanted to feel and how I wanted to cope. And I was able to look back at a time where I had that motivation and that desire to grow and to feel better. And it made me stop and realize that I am on this kind of this roller coaster of wanting to feel better than not caring about feeling better than wanting to feel better and being hit with that recognition once again, that well-being and healing and spirituality, that this is a journey the ups and downs and feeling like, oh, here I am again on a down point, <laughs> had a down point. And just also feeling the need to, at the same time, while I am trying to exist and navigate this low point, just feeling the need to hold space for that tiny part of myself that wants to be on the upswing, even when it feels very much out of reach right now. And I started thinking about how our emotional well-being connects directly to our physical well-being. So, for example, like I said, I haven't been exercising, which is, for me, that's where I kind of know, like, even though I don't feel as down as I did in the previous episode, I still recognize that this disregard for physical activity and movement that I have been feeling probably over the past week or so it is a symptom of maybe a lower level of struggle or less of an awareness of a struggle that I am currently experiencing. 
So in order to start progressing on my well-being journey, I have just been telling myself I have to recommit to my well-being in general. And I need to start with my emotions and managing my mind because that's where my power is. That's where I see my power. It's not outside of me. It's not in my circumstances. My power is in managing my mind and my emotions and processing my emotions. So I'm going to share some of that with you today. And I'm going to start with how I'm defining and thinking about emotional well-being in a way that I found really helpful in this moment. And I'm going to be talking about the importance of acceptance and tolerating your negative emotions and how to make room for emotions that may help you feel more balanced. So emotional well-being is defined a bunch of different ways. If you pull up 10 different articles by 10 different scholars, you'll probably get 10 slightly different but related definitions of emotional well-being. Before this episode, I want to work with a definition of emotional well-being that acknowledges that our emotional well-being is going to be made up of positive and negative emotions. And this connects to the way I was talking about emotional well-being in the first episode, but it is a slight variation. But I think we can work with like kind of the original concept, which I'll get around to later in this episode, but also working with this definition that I'm about to give you right now. So the way that I'm thinking about well-being, emotional well-being right now, and how I want to work through it in this episode is, quote, emotional well-being refers to the emotional quality of an individual's everyday experience, the frequency and intensity of experience of joy, stress, sadness, anger, and affection that makes one's life pleasant or unpleasant. And that is from an article I'll link into the show notes by Kahneman and Deaton, and it was published in 2010. So it was important to me for this episode to find a definition that was realistic about the human experience as I think about it. I think about the aspect of this definition that talks about the emotional quality in terms of balance. And the way I'm approaching this is no one is happy all the time. (laughs) At least no one I know is happy all the time. It don't seem like anyone is happy all the time. Just kind of conjecturing here. But I think that's probably fairly a fairly safe assumption. Okay. No one is happy all the time, at least from what I can see. But I think about emotional well-being as not being happy all the time. I think about it as being able to tolerate a full range of emotions. So that includes like tolerating and accepting the negative emotions and stress, but also being able to experience joy and peace and happiness. And I think acceptance is a key word here. So I've mentioned this before as well. Your girl has spent a lot of time in therapy. I spend a lot of time in therapy. (laughs) And so many of the therapists that I've had over the years have tried to get me to work on this acceptance piece. And I've been trying to work on acceptance and therapy for years. And so what I mean by that, just to kind of give you a clear idea of what I'm talking about here. So oftentimes when I feel bad and I feel like I'm in these sad moods, these down moods, feeling really anxious, feeling really low, feeling apathetic, I oftentimes resent feeling like that. Like I resent feeling like that. Like, I wish I felt better. This trash. And so a lot of my therapists have tried to remind me over and over again over the years 
that acceptance doesn't mean that you're giving up when you're accepting those negative emotions. It's just recognizing that your feelings are there and allowing them to be there without trying to push them away. And acceptance allows you to experience the pain of negative emotions without adding on to it by thinking, I should feel better. Why do I feel like this? This is trash. I hate this. Acceptance is not beating yourself up for not being happy or not being grateful. And not accepting your emotions makes the pain of sadness and fear and stress and anxiety not accepting those emotions that's what leads to suffering and unnecessary suffering and trying to fight or numb those negative thoughts and those negative feelings that's what actually makes it worse so thinking you desperately want to feel better instead of accepting the reality that you know I just kind of feel like trash right now that adds to the pain that you are feeling. So that's how I've been thinking about this lately. And acceptance is just allowing the range of emotions that you may be experiencing because you are a person. Those negative emotions are okay. They will not kill you. And acceptance is a crucial part of feeling better. So this has taken the form of therapists telling me Think about it as you are holding hands with your anxiety and carrying it along with you as you go along. But it's not the main thing that's dominating your life. You're holding hands with your depression. It's there. But once again, it's not the main thing that's dominating your life. Another way that I've had it explained to me is imagine that your hand is right in front of your face, sitting directly in front of you, in front of your eyes. And... Imagine that you move your hand away so that it's like sitting beside your face and not on your face, like maybe beside your ear. And that's the difference between letting your anxiety and depression or whatever negative emotions you're feeling like cloud what you're seeing and seeing the world through that lens of anxiety and depression versus decentering it, moving it to the side to where it's still there, you can still see it in your peripheral vision, but you can also experience the world in a way that is not completely clouded by those negative feelings. So those are some of the ways that I've had explained to me by therapists over the years that I return to over and over again, because I want to think about emotional well-being like this. And I want to come from a place where I can handle all of my feelings and emotions and accept them, even though that is just, that's super hard. I'm not even going to act like this is something that's easy. Cause like I said, I've been working on this for years. <laughs> so emotional well-being for me, it doesn't mean that you're not feeling negative things like sadness, fear, anger, annoyance, and frustration. It means that you're able to recognize and name those negative emotions and how it's affecting your life and recognize how it is impacting the way that you are existing in the world. And I think emotional well-being comes from the ability to recognize that you are responsible for your emotions and that your emotions are coming from your thoughts and your mind, which on some level you do have some control over. And I think it's so much more empowering to think about emotional well-being this way than to delegate the responsibility of your feelings to someone else. So let me give an example. Let's say, you know, we're all in this time of social distancing. We got all these Zoom calls we got to be on. So, for example, let's say you are on Zoom and you have a coworker who said something rude to you on the Zoom call. So you start thinking that 
this person made you feel annoyed and embarrassed. And giving you another example, if you're thinking my husband doesn't help me around the house and he doesn't help me with the kids as much as he should. This is why I feel so unappreciated. It's his fault. I don't feel supported. And while I think in both of these situations, those are totally valid emotions in those situations, I don't think the quality of your emotional well-being is going to be great if you are leaving your emotional well-being up to someone else or how someone else is acting instead of recognizing that, yes, I feel this way. I feel embarrassed by my coworker or I feel unappreciated in my house under these circumstances. But I do recognize that this is something that I am generating with my thoughts or this is something that I am feeling because of the way I'm thinking about it. And moving from that place with the recognition that you don't have to feel that way, that there is an alternative that you can choose. So just think about it. How empowered might you feel if you can name your emotions and just recognize that you have an option to feel differently? I remember when I started, I don't know, I think it was probably 2015. Like I was in my mid 20s before I realized like, okay, I don't just have to react to situations. I actually have some agency here. I have some autonomy to where I can recognize like, okay, this is how I could respond to this. And this is how I could act. And this is how I could allow myself to feel about this situation. But I'm actually going to choose not to be like super pressed about this. I'm actually going to choose to be unbothered. And when I first started thinking like that, that was truly like empowering for me. It really was. So, for example, let's say you are thinking, I feel really scared because the world is on fire and the country I live in is falling apart at an alarming rate. <laughs> let's say you're hypothetically, you know, let's just say you're hypothetically feeling like that. So you could start thinking, OK, because I'm scared and anxious all the time. I don't have a lot of patience with the people that I live with because this is a thought that I'm constantly having and this is a fear that is affecting me right now in my life. So what if you thought like things are really scary right now and that's okay? I feel really annoyed all the time, but that's okay. I want to make a conscious effort to accept these feelings. They are normal, but I also want to make a conscious effort to find joy in my life and to make room for positive emotions like joy and peace and hope. And you might be thinking as I'm saying this, like, okay, girl, but things are literally trash in the world. I'm stuck in my house and my kids are driving me crazy. Valid. Okay. Like I get it, <laughs> but I want to encourage you to also think about, how can I begin to make room for joy and peace and happiness? And I think it goes back to allowing yourself to feel the negative emotions. And when you can learn to accept this, you can then, I think it's a lot easier to start making room for those positive feelings. And you can allow yourself to feel positive emotions when you are making an effort to stay present and catch those fleeting moments of positive emotions. So I want you to think about it like this. Think about maybe those rare, maybe super rare. Think about those rare moments when your kids are actually quiet and cooperating and not climbing on things or trying to tear stuff up or maybe aren't asking you a thousand questions. 
you may find it really difficult to find moments like that and recognize those moments with your kids because if you're stuck in the house because of everything that's going on in the world, those difficult moments with your kids may feel a lot more intense right now just because of everything that's going on. But if you think about it, I'm sure there are probably moments where your kids are extra sweet and cute and and you may not be able able to access that if you're feeling on edge all the time and feeling an imbalance of negative emotions. And that imbalance of negative emotions, I think in my experience, it doesn't really allow you to feel joy and to experience those moments. But I think grounding yourself in the moment can really help practicing like mindfulness. And I do this a lot with my kids, like especially my spirited child. Like I just, I've mentioned this before. I really enjoy your little hugs and my kids when my husband takes them out for walks and I have to, when it's really hard and I got to stay back and work on something and they go for walks and stuff. And my kids will be like, mama, I want you to come with me. Mommy, I want you to come with us. And I've just been working on letting myself like feel that joy that comes along with like that special bond of being a mom and with my kids and knowing that they want me around and knowing that these are precious moments and years that my kids, yeah, age two and four, like my twins are two and my little preschooler is four. Like these are years that I will look back on and just want to have savored and enjoyed. So I think that's one way that you can make room for joy and just improve the overall quality of your emotions is by trying to ground yourself in the present moment to where you can recognize those beautiful moments as well as just trying to work on accepting that you feel negative emotions and nothing is wrong with that and that you are a human being who is going to feel like that sometimes but that doesn't mean that your negative emotions have to compound into suffering and it doesn't mean that that negative mindset has to cloud everything in your life so where you can't even recognize some of the good things that are happening right in front of you. So for this week's action step, I want you to keep a tally on your phone of all the times that you were able to experience a moment of joy or of peace or any other positive emotion. So I want you to literally like take out your phone and I want you to make a note called positive emotions and I want you to put the date at the top. And I just want you to make a simple little tally mark, maybe put a little number one or an L, a lowercase L that looks like a tally mark. I want you to put a simple tally mark as you go on about your day and just log those moments. And I hope that with this action step and by focusing on the positive emotions and them being at the top of your mind because of this exercise that will help you catch these moments and experience those positive feelings more deeply. So for this week's introspection segment, I have mentioned before that a coping mechanism of mine as of late has been to generally just avoid the news. I mean, things are just bad in 2020 and it adds to my anxiety and a lot of times it just feels like I'm not going to be able to function if I go 
and look at terrible news that is inevitably going to be waiting for me (laughs) if I go seeking it. But I did see the unsurprising but still devastating news about the officers in the incident with Breonna Taylor. And I'm just tired and it hurts and it's really hard not to just sink deeper and deeper into the despair of the moment. And that's just the best way that I can sum it up. So racism and discrimination and knowing that you and the people that you love so deeply are more directly in harm's way because of factors outside of your control. It's just really hard not to feel completely powerless and like, what is the point of any of the struggle? And even on a personal level, my passion and what I truly believe is part of my purpose is to share this message that we black women are just full human beings and black women are deserving of health and well-being and wholeness and peace and protection and happiness And I'm trying to share this message as the world seems like it's constantly showing us the exact opposite of that. And it's really hard not to see myself and my blackness and my black womanhood through this lens of just domination and discrimination and statistics that portray people like myself as disposable. And it's just so hard not to give into that feeling. And it's so hard not to just be okay with numbing those feelings all the time. And I just wanted to just add onto this episode of emotional well-being to just say, I see you, sis. Like, I feel you. Um, And I know that Her Guided Evolution, as, as a podcast and as a brand, I want to focus on, like, empowering messages to give you something to carry with you to inspire you throughout your week. But in the spirit of this episode, I am trying to be okay with the range of emotions that I may experience throughout the day. And also wanting to just put out there right now and telling myself that I just refuse to succumb to these feelings of just allowing myself to sink deeper and deeper into this despair. So I just want to remind you that you matter. We matter. And even though it may not feel like it, we do have power. We have power over our minds. We have power over our day-to-day decisions. We have power over how we treat our bodies. We have power over our own happiness and making room for those moments of joy. And just kind of in the spirit of Audrey Lord and her thoughts about caring for ourselves It is an act of political resistance to say I am worthy and I'm going to go against all the discourses and systems that are designed to dominate me and break me because I matter. So that is all for this week. Take care and be well. Thanks so much for listening to Her Guided Evolution. Don't forget to grab my free daily self-care plan, a guide that outlines exactly what you can do in the morning, afternoon, and evening to support your well-being. You can grab the guide at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan. Once you
once you sign up, I'll also send you free weekly emails to help you stay inspired and motivated on your well-being journey. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.